I wanted to share what had been a tangent from uh, another conversation, but which turned into a worthwhile talk for its own episode. As we discussed previously, role-playing is on a spectrum of a purely social magnet, which we often call a beer and chips kind of gamers on the far extreme, versus the exact style, system, and setting, etc., is paramount for a group of gamers, and this is why we get together to game. Just as we think of diehard movie aficionados, the more that you care about the actual role-playing experience with all of the elements inside of it, the more you should care about the group that you're playing with because that answers the question, are they enhancing or are they detracting from the experience that you want? All role players carry a host of presuppositions and expectations about the game. While no one is ever 100% aligned, it's clear that some people's appetites and expectations significantly clash. And so we should spend the time finding compatible gamers. And likewise, we should know when and how people should stop trying to game together. So John had been talking about GMing his group and the long conflict with some of his players concerning different elements of his world, and in this case about the elves who were refusing to help humans with regards to wars and needing their magic, etc., and how this has been brewing and coming to a head for years. We talked about this in the earlier, the previous podcast where, you know, the elves have the healing knowledge and the magic to stop a problem, but they don't share it with the, the humans. Mm -hmm. That's perceived as, that's another dick move. So let's say that you were to try and present your world to people and explain why, you know, in this case, the, the elves are not doing everything that the players expect like how would you if they were new players if they are brand new players to your table and you were to say here's the kind of world i don't know how would you break it down to solve this because the problem is the expectation they think john should have the world be such that x and y right yeah i think you have a responsibility toward their concept of fairness yeah Mm -hmm. So, so back to the back to the old topic of get on the same page with your players. What kind of conversation could fix this problem? Well, I mean, what I go through, would help with this yeah. problem. I haven't added new players in years, and to, to you know, to the to you guys, I wouldn't have to have this conversation. We're mm-hmm. that's our we're already there. But I I have added a new player to my game and we haven't started anything yet we just made a character but we did have actually i met up with him on discord to talk for about an hour and a half about this is this is what i'm bringing to the table as a gm these are the kind of this is the kind of world i run these are you these are the expectations i think whatever expectations you have from other games just throw those aside and let me tell you what 
I'm bringing to the table so you you can change your expectations. And if you don't feel that this is a fit, then, you know, we're not wasting each other's time. Uh, mm -hmm. It's probably better that we figure this out before than rather later, because what I don't want to have happen is you make a character. I invest a bunch of time in your background, setting up the, the multiple zero sessions we play, and then you just end up not liking the fact that uh, I run a low magic world or I don't resurrect characters or you can't go buy vorpal swords and do teleportation and all that so we dispense with all that before anything happens so we make sure the time invested is wise mm -hmm. and useful that in the example you brought up daniel like why aren't the elves helping uh for x reason if i wanted to divulge a bunch of things to the player i could say well you know the elves used to have you know there used to be a hundred thousand of them, but they fought, you know, for two millennia against, you know, bad guys. And now there's only like 5,000 of them left and they're not helping anybody anymore. They're done with that. Those days are over. And so they're hoarding what's left of what they have. And they're basically just letting the world, you know, rise and fall around them because they know the mortality of the rest of the races is going to come and go and it's not going to change their you know, they're like Spartans. It's not going to help them at all. I could go through and explain all that. And maybe there's some other, you know, relevant tidbits in there that maybe would get the player to buy into what the character is actually experiencing. But, you know, I don't know. Continuing on that, is there any conversation that you could have with those disgruntled players that would get you on the same page? Because there's a disconnect of expectation is there any conversation that can um, help? I don't know. I mean, we're old, we're you know we're we're old dogs. We're all in our set in our ways. So these are these are my friends personally, and I've known them for twenty plus years. But I don't think I'm going to change their expectations. They just have to decide whether they want to live with the kind of game that I run. And I, they keep coming back to play. So I'm assuming I'm doing enough good to keep the entertainment factor high enough for them to forgive the things that they maybe disagree with I, I i don't know i mean it's not perfect no that's certainly true um and i mean just generally as you know as a, as a person with a moral compass you, you got to tolerate everybody mm -hmm. you know even even your your oldest friends annoy you sometimes yeah. you know you, you gotta that, that's part of having relationships with people um but Aside from, you know, that normal tolerating the people you care about, human experience, um, I'm trying to think of a way, like an actual method, where we could communicate to a player who's expressing this kind of frustration, um, to convince them that, ex that even having that frustration is kind of it kind of doesn't make sense. Like, uh, maybe, maybe we're talking past each other, me and my players, not me and you, but, and, and maybe I am, maybe I'm, I'm misrepresenting what they really, what, what I think they're feeling or expressing to me, but I do generally get the, the King's a dick um, from the players. Now, whether they're saying that in character or just, you know, uh, Jim talking to John, I don't know, but I hear it frequently because they're the the king doesn't do what they want him to do, you know. Yeah, yeah so I, I just, don't know. I, 
I don't get that. I mean, yeah. What what kind of pampered, privileged life have you led <laughs> that you <laughs> authorities should do what you want them to do? Yeah. You know, I wonder if a lot of this has to do with just old role-playing habits because there is this habit among many gamers that the way they play, like we talked about in our previous episodes, where the PCs are not in the same causal chain as the NPCs. And And based on where you are on that spectrum, it could be that they inherited, maybe when they were, you know, 12 years old, the notion that I'm a player, so what I want, it's not necessarily that I get everything I want. It's that I, as a player, get more than the non-player characters. And in this case, I get the audience with the king. Or the king listens to me when, if I were an NPC, we wouldn't even be having the conversation. Maybe it's that. I really don't know. I'm always... I'm always trying to think, I mean, it's just so important for people. You can avoid lots of conflicts of expectation by having email conversations. I mean, don't wait till you're at the table to have these conversations. Right. I think, I think one of the things that comes to mind, and this is something I I don't do, but I'm going to, uh, because I'm actually starting another campaign at some point, but if you take a character gen process and you, you know, there, there's some characters, ranger characters from some rural village, whatever, but then, and you, and you build their little Oreo world, what they know on the, on the cookie sheet of the mm-hmm. world, like yeah. they're, they're the, they have their little worldview and you detail it a little bit. And then you, let's say that they know about three or four other little areas, but that's not where they're starting. I think to take the time to say, okay, there's a, uh, village Y in town Z in King X uh, that you know about writing uh, two to three sentences saying, describing the dispositions that your villagers have generally to outsiders, what they actually think of the king, um, and maybe some things like, you know, this other village or the last time somebody ran into a dwarf, they had a really bad experience. And you, you, if you just flavor that a little bit, don't spend a ton of time, ton of writing time on it, but you list, you know, the five or six things that are in the adjacency to that character starting, whether those are race or, or locations or people specifically, that might help shape the opinion that the character has that would lead to them not thinking, oh, that's unfair, or why is he doing that? It doesn't make any sense when they have some foundation to to draw upon like, Oh yeah, I know why they're not doing that because they've been at war for a hundred years or the, you know, this has been this oppressive tax that everybody hates and therefore they hate the King, you know? So I don't know if those kinds of things would help. It's more work on the GM, you know, at, at session zero or at the email exchange going on to try to set the, to set the framework up, but you can't cover all of it. At the start, and you have no, to. No, yeah, you can't. You can do a lot. You you can you can set some uh, some guidelines for the world, saying, you know, if you happen to know what someone else's previous gaming experience would be, and maybe that's all helpful too. Like, 
what were your campaigns like and then throw out different situations and ask them what they would expect. I mean, there's so much that if you have people who have previous gaming experience, they're bringing in all their expectations and yeah. not discussing that whenever you have new players or new GMs is just a, a recipe for disaster, provided yeah. the people care about the experience. Again, there's always the beer and chips gamers who don't give a damn. But for those who, who are invested in the way things go out, um, then, I mean, you have to have those conversations. And some sure. people should not game together. I mean, some people have such radically different expectations about the world and the way the gaming should go on. I don't think I think that it's a lose lose proposition. Yeah, for me, it comes down to time, you know, uh, management and trying to get the most out of the game time that we do get and to have to fight you know, the, the power gamer battle. If you let a guy in who you don't know or a girl play and they just want to min-max and make your life miserable because you have to basically rules lawyer all over them or make ad hoc decisions during the game that the player gets mad. And and then you have the non-rule players. They sit there like lumps and they don't really do anything. They don't interact. They don't talk to anybody. You know, yeah. they're, just, they're just there to be present with their friends, but they don't participate really. Those are waste, wasted, waste of time there. Again, yeah. um, I, I can I cannot imagine ever finding myself in that situation. Yeah, you know, if, if if I were a GM and I discovered that that's where I was, then the mistakes I made were long before that moment. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, I just I don't I don't get that. But here's yeah. here's the thing though. Let's say you have a good friend who's not a gamer, and you have all these conversations, and it seems like yeah, they get it, and they're on board, and they want to play. And then you do some solo sessions and those are different because you're, it's just you and that player. And then when they get into a social group of four or five other people who they don't know, and they just become passive and they don't really participate. How long are you willing to let that go on? Well, you can have, you, you can start having those conversations like right away. Uh, I mean, the, I mean, it's, it sounds to, to a lot of gamers, this sounds like, crazy that you're you're having to have these therapy sessions with these other people but i i mean that's totally it's totally worth it if you take your gaming seriously with a group who takes their gaming seriously and i mean conversations uh can fix things right i mean they, at least at least they have the the possibility of fixing things i i think it comes down to, to friends dynamic not you know uh I, the, the group, I, I'm thinking of a specific person that plays some of my players in my campaign are playing, you know, face to face back home where I used to live. And yeah. for the last 20 years, the same guy sits back and basically does zero, but he's always there to play. He's a great guy. I, you know, I know him. And, but he's a bump on a log when it comes to any game. Doesn't matter what genre what character he's playing, how, how centered that character is in the story or how uncentered, it's the same. So have, he's has, a there ever, has there ever been a, a conversation you guys had saying, why do you? Oh, he doesn't, I won't invite him to my game because oh. I know what I'm getting, but oh, I, know, I, I just hear, I hear it from the players who play in my game that he just, he's, he's just a lump of solid clay and there's no, 
there's nothing there. <laughs> okay, so are, are they having any conversation about this? I don't know. I don't think so. I think the I think the fact that that they're uh, you know they're friends, they socialize outside the gaming arena. That they're just not going to. They know he's not going to change, and they're not. That's just barking down a. That's just barking up a tree that doesn't need to be. Well, the fact that they're friends should actually make it much easier to have the conversations. I, I don't know if they are having those like, hey, you oh. need to participate more or playing character. I, I think they've just given up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah. That, and that, I don't know. Yeah. That all goes down to the the gaming experience. Like we are finite creatures with finite amounts of time and mental energy. And if something is sullying uh, an experience that I care about significantly, I'm not going to tolerate yeah. something that is damaging my fun. That goes back to us talking about movie night. You know, if I'm a real critical movie watcher and I love specific things and, and there's a guy who just wants to make fart jokes the entire time. No, you don't come to movie night. I care about this. I'm analyzing this and this matters. And so, you know, if you have a group of beer and chips gamers, it's, it's pretzels by the way, not chips whatever <laughs> these, these are all problems that either should have been solved long before you ever get to any aesthetics of the game and if they are unsolvable problems that person should not be at the session you know and and i i totally understand that this this gets into you know you know the politics of friend groups it gets into like hurting people's feelings it gets to all kinds of stuff that the kind of people that you can be good friends with are not necessarily the kind of people you can play a good game with. And yeah, you might end up hurting somebody's feelings and say, hey, look, man, you know, I've known you for a decade. You're a great guy. I want to keep you as a friend, but you kind of mess up our game. Yeah. And everybody doesn't like that. Yeah. So I'm sorry, but we'll go out for a beer. We'll go out for movie night. We'll hang out but I'm not going to invite you to my game. Yeah, I've been lucky in that I, I've had a very small group of gamers through the decades, and I've never had to do that. But I've heard so many cases through the years of others who, for one reason or another, the, these people are not compatible gamers. And the choice is either my role-playing experience is sullied or have that uncomfortable conversation well, i don't let me, yeah let me ask you this um after when's the last time you actually played face-to-face -face with a good group that was and before when, covid and when would you expect to be able to play face-to-face -face again with a good group of players oh that, i don't know i don't know when that could happen but i do know that the internet actually makes it easier rather than harder now i don't like playing on uh, zoom or what have you compared to face-to-face -face. but if i know that you know now that it's common for people to be using video conferencing for gaming. It's it's now uh, technically a thousand times easier to find gamers who have the specific taste I want in the gaming experience than it was when we were all just in person. 
Mm-hmm. So if, if I were interested in finding, and I will be, I mean, I'm, I'm on Discord now and I've encountered lots of other uh, gamers who uh, like uh, Che Webster from his uh, Roleplay Rescue um, website and podcast. He would fit in with us immediately. I mean, that's just one example. There's lots of guys who um, I listen to their podcasts and uh, I know that these people are out there. Yeah. No, the, the group that I, I, you know, I played with in D.C. were very on board with, you know, all of this kind of, of stuff. And, of course, you know, two of them, you know, are, were people that, that uh, uh, we knew in the past. Daniel knows them. But the other two were people that they... I, I don't know exactly how they did it, but they, they I, I believe they just sort of sent out feelers, you know, kind of out into the gaming sphere uh, and, you know, got responses and chatted for a while and said, yeah, they we were, seem like we were compatible and then, you know, started playing with them. And uh, I, you know, I joined later and it, it was, they were not friends before they played together. Mm-hmm. But they, they just carefully felt each other out, and it, it turned out being great. They were great players, great GMs. You know, it was, it was, it was good. So it is possible to do that. Uh, but again, you've got to be, I mean, you, you got to have some intuition. you got to know people. You know, you got to, I mean, and I don't, I don't mean like know people. You've, you've got to read people and feel out whether you can actually, you know, play with them or not. And I guess I also have something of an all-or-nothing attitude that if, if you know, like, better than nothing is actually nothing. Yeah, that's where I am, right? too. I don't want to play with somebody if they're, if they're going to be a subpar member of my, of my group. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. And, I, you know, I, I haven't used this method um, much, but when I've talked to my, you know, my other group... Uh, they have where they they have played campaigns that kind of have a planned start and finish mm-hmm. like they will they'll set up a campaign and they'll they'll do something like i think we're going to play this campaign for about 5 months that like that's that's the course of the story and they do it and at the end of that campaign they're like all right we're going to take a couple of weeks off you know and we'll you know we'll play again next month and then if there was a player that they didn't really like, you they just invite don't invite him. that person back for the next yeah. campaign. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. That it really, ha- yeah, you have to. I mean, doing doing short, I wouldn't even do five months. I would do something like maybe like six sessions. Mm-hmm. I have a, a six session, I call it a mini campaign. And uh, I mean, those are rewarding too. They Not mm-hmm. every game has to go on for years. Um, yeah. And... I mean, so I guess if we were to list out, here's the the things you can do that are going to help this problem we're talking about. Number one is in-depth conversations before you ever even try playing together about expectations and here's the way we play and here's the world that we're in, et cetera. And after that, it's still, you know, it's like interviewing for a job. How many people have I interviewed uh, for where I work and, you know, they may interview well. There's lots of people who really know how to interview for a job. And there's sometimes a, a huge disconnect 
between here's how they interviewed and here's how they perform. And I mean, that can always be the case. So I guess step one would be have long conversations, usually through email outside of, you know, any gaming time. And then number two would be very intentionally short-term campaigns to see how they play, how they function. And within number two, it is, you know, if you notice behavior in a session that uh, is not contributing to the fun of the group, to have conversations with that player after that particular session. And then, like you mentioned, number three is, okay, you decided you should not game together. And I mean, that's, I know it's not comfortable, but I mean, the choice is either do the uncomfortable thing or sully the fun that you're saying you enjoy so much. Honestly, it's not that much different than how you manage activities with any of your friends. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you have those friends who they're best when it's just you and your friend go out and get a beer together. But if that friend invites you to his party, you don't go because you know that at his party, he's he's a different person. Yeah. Right. So it's not any different from how you would manage any uh, you know other kind of friendship. Yeah. It's just you do certain things with certain people and you don't do certain things with other people. Yeah. So it, it, it shouldn't have to be a big mountain to climb. Yeah, and yet it seems to be. There seems to be a lot of psychological barriers to doing this. Yeah. And it's a shame. I suppose, I suppose maybe there's a bit of a, like, getting kicked out of the club feeling about it. You yeah. know, like, like, you know, you got five, six people coming together, you know, every couple of weeks to... to hang out, have a good time, play a game. And to be told, like, you know, don't come back next time, that's pretty rough. For me, what this comes back to, that, that there's, not, there's not a right way to play a game. No. There's the way you want to play. And I can very easily imagine lots of different narrative scenarios, different worlds where a handicapped player... You know, a, a player with a missing limb. You know, a you know a player with some uh, some health condition that puts serious limitations on what they can do. Sure. Anything like that can be brought into a story and turned into a really compelling, interesting narrative with challenges and all kinds of cool stuff. Totally agree with you there. Okay. And I actually can make a better character. The yeah, plot character it's, it's, is the better character in my It's opinion. just a matter of finding people who want to run those kinds of games. And we all yeah. have to search for the kind of people we want to play with. Yeah, I mean, this, this whole issue of getting on the same page and staying on the same page, it's one of these things that's simple and hard. Hmm. Um, Simple on paper, hard socially. Yeah, it's hard socially, but I'm always shocked at the conflict between what people say, which is gaming really matters to me, my role-playing really matters to me, and then what they do, which is to settle for soggy, gross pizza sitting in the gutter because it's called pizza. Right. I mean, I know I know people <laughs> who play in game. They, you know, I stopped playing in several campaigns because I just was bored. I didn't like the gym. Yep. You know, I just it was the player composition, the lack of immersion, uh, playing with min maxers, GMs who just didn't really fulfill the role that I thought that you know in the way that they should. And I just I got bored and I quit. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, it seems like there's just a lot we can do to, you know, be in sync with each other or to find out who we shouldn't be gaming with. I think like, again, it's simple, but not necessarily easy. Yeah. Um, mean, if you do it from the, from the very beginning, you're going to save yourself a lot of time. And I mean, yeah. one of the things I'm always shocked when I hear about people having someone who is going to join a group or may join a group and they didn't know they were an asshole. Like none of the stuff we're talking about has to do with people actually being morally, you know, deficient. We're just talking about gaming style. Mm -hmm. And yet people are like, Oh, we were in session three before we realized that they're an asshole. How did you not know they're an asshole? (laughs) I mean, did you just like, roll the dice and pick someone out of a crowd and say, okay, let's start gaming together. If that's what you did, it makes sense, but that's a dumbass move. You do not sit down on this, on this kind of thing that matters to you and randomly accept people to start gaming with. You're walking into the minefield. Unless I'm playing, you know, Catan with family and a couple of my, my son's friends, or I'm playing Axis and allies or, you know, ready to do a monopoly board flip with my daughter. I'm losing. <laughs> uh, the game, <laughs> or you know, cards or whatever. The gaming time is the most special t- hobby time that I have, and that's either war gaming or role playing. Yeah. And the, the, whatever time I put in on the side of that to to get myself at the table, either as a GM or you know, to set it up where I can play as a war, you know, play a war game. That's sacred time, you know. Mm. So. People who are invested should do the thing that's not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the that's the adult thing. Well, yeah, Daniel, I wonder if you know, kind of going back to you know methodology, some of the stuff that you've brought up um, that I guess I hadn't really thought much about before is this kind of unconsciousness that a lot of people seem to have of what they actually want and what they actually are doing. But I guess maybe some people are kind of unaware of how they are playing. Like they're unaware of what's going on uh, within context, you know, like within the context of, of how things could be. Um, they're, they're just sort of drifting through it. They're, they're enjoying it, but they're not examining it. Um, I wonder if there is a I don't know, uh, a, a super distilled down questionnaire that you could come up with. Like every player could ask themselves this series of questions. Like yeah. to, to make themselves aware of, of how they are actually playing. Yeah, there's lots then, There's lots of those then, out there, actually. There's lots. I mean, for, and I, I just found this out recently that this kind of survey actually started right on the heels of role playing games. This was really? not this was not even five years later that wow. people started realizing this and I, and some really cool stuff like history repeats itself. And like I thought that the first real generation of people who were analyzing this were in the late 90s and i was so wrong it was the Mm. it was the mid 70s when gaming first started that people are like well maybe you want this and this and don't want this and they started doing this so yeah those are out there and they are helpful 
Uh, and there's a mixture of reasons why people don't get into it. But I think we know that the general solutions and it's just a question of making yourselves do it. It's all, it's all groundwork. It's all, you, you got to take care of most of this before you ever sit down at the table together. Yeah, I think so. So if you guys were to give uh, advice yourselves on how to get on the same page with other players, how to stay on the same page, and then what to do in the situations when you and other players, where it seems like you're just not going to end up having the same appetites for each of those, how would, how would you guys address those? Okay. I, I would say that you, you need to do your due diligence and talk to each one of your players individually on what their expectations are, what they're looking for uh, in a game that you're running and, and vice versa. If you're a player, you need to ask these questions of a potential GM. And, and so if, if there's enough alignment there, then move forward. If there's not, um, the best thing to do is just to cut your losses there and uh, try to find a, try to find a group to play with or, or to run that wants the same things you want. And that may take time. It could be emails, it could be a phone call, it could be a couple of Discord video calls. Uh, but I think if you don't do that first, everything else doesn't matter as far as getting the most enjoyment out of the gaming time that you do have. And um, even if you're in an ongoing game and this starts to creep up, um, I think you need to, again, you know, have those conversations, say, look, this is just, you know, it, it is a game. And if you're not having fun playing the game, uh, then stop playing it. Or, and that's pretty much the simplicity of it, you know, but, you know, just communicate it and, and then move on. Nate, you have anything to add on that? Yeah. I mean, in, in general, you can prevent a lot of trouble just by, you know, being honest with who you're bringing into the group, you know, be honest about whether you actually think they will cohere with the group and cohere with the type of game that you want to play. Um, don't, don't bring anybody in out of a sense of obligation or, or anything like that. Just like, like really truly choose the people who you think will fit and be clear and honest about what kind of game you're going to play. You know, say, this is what I'm going for. You know, the, the, these are the possibilities. Um, you know, be honest and upfront about it. And, and like, actually clearly ask people, are you on board with this? You know, and, and see how they respond. And, you know, if they're like, oh, I don't know, it's not like really what I'm used to, you know, then say, okay, well then, okay. You know, thanks, but no thanks. You know, and of course you, you, do, you do all of this, you, you know, with your, your, proper diplomacy and, and everything, you know, you don't be an asshole about it, but, but if, if you're, if your your reason for playing is to be involved in this kind of experience, then don't, you know, don't take any shortcuts. Uh, don't accept anything that, that you don't want to accept, but really select the people who, uh, who will fit. And then once the game starts and, you know, conflicts do pop up, um, at that point, I usually take just a super diplomatic approach and say, hey, look, the purpose of this is to have fun, just like John described. The purpose is to have fun. You know, this is not, 
it's not a social club, you know, it's not, uh, it's, it's not about, I don't know, it's not, it's not, not, it's not about anything except having a good time. And if you're really not having a good time, then don't even wait to the end of the session. Just go ahead and go, you know, and, and no hard feelings, you know, just, yeah. just like if you're hanging out with your friends and they're watching a movie and you think it's a shitty movie and they don't want to turn it off, you can say, all right, guys, I don't really like this movie. So, you know, call me later. Uh, I'm going to head out. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good uh, analogy is that it's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's you, you're not you know you're, you're not you're not abusing people's children you're not yeah, you know, yeah. killing cats you know you're right. not doing something awful yeah you're just being honest and admitting this is not really what i wanted so yeah. uh you know let's let's get together again let's go out for a beer let's do other stuff let's be friends but i'm not gonna this is not fun for me yeah. So, you know, have fun with it. Like, honestly, sincerely, have fun with this. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go do something else. And it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be an insult. Mm -hmm. uh, and just, you know, let, let that be what it is. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, if, if, if one of your players does that, don't hold it against them. You know, find another person to play with. So. Yeah, maybe um, maybe from the beginning when you first talking start talking about if if you have someone who's new, that the expectation is we may not work together as role playing group buddies, and that's okay. Maybe from the beginning we put it on the table like we may not work out, and and one of us may say okay we shouldn't game together, and that's that's a possibility. Like maybe if that's in the in the very beginning as well, that helps. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great that's a great point, Daniel. All right, guys. Uh, thanks a lot, and we'll make more superfluous blathering later. Excellent. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yep. yep.